Welcome to Lord and Richards Radio, a program that will enable you to become more financially independent and prosperous from a biblical point of view. Tune in each week to learn how to prosper through good markets and bad. Now, here's our host, Colin Richards, Denver's Biblical Investment Advisor. Hi, friends. I'm glad to be with you today on Lord and Richards Radio. I'm Colin Richards founder and president of Lord & Richards. We're a team of advisors who are dedicated to helping people just like you retire financially independent. And we're doing that every single day. On this show, we're discussing investing and planning from the perspective of key biblical principles, a little bit different way of looking at money. We also talk about how to use methods and strategies that will enable you to prosper through both up and down markets. And that's so important in today's volatile world. I'd love to chat with you. My team and I would love to help you talk to you about your specific questions regarding retirement and saving and investing from a biblical point of view. Just give us a call at 720-372-0400. Again, that's 720-372-0400. Well, today we're going to be talking about that most important virtue we call wisdom, Wisdom as it applies to finance, wisdom as it applies to savings and money. And the Bible says something wonderful about wisdom early in the book of Proverbs. And we'll just take a bit of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 to 16. Listen along. Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man who gets understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain is better than fine gold. She, wisdom, is more precious than rubies, and all the things you could desire are not to be compared with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. And there Solomon identifies two of the things that most people are aggressively pursuing throughout life. The first is long life. How many people have spent their lives using... um? the tools and the the knowledge available to them to try to acquire greater longevity from the fountain of youth supposedly in florida to modern day medical techniques folks are obsessed with longevity and then secondly wealth wealth the ability to have enough money to feel a sense of control over our own destiny and what solomon speaking as the mouthpiece of god is saying in this little passage is that Wisdom is greater than silver, than gold, than long life, and than riches. Why is that? Well, one reason is that there are things that are worth a lot more than that, such as our eternal soul and our relationship with God. So those are of higher priority, the things that are eternal. But even looking at temporal things like long life and riches, those things can be acquired They can be acquired, but they are so hard to hold on to, right? Health, we can acquire that. We can work hard, and then in a moment it's gone. Riches, we can build and build and build and then lose what we've built over the years. But wisdom is the ability to retain those things. Wisdom will give you those things as a side benefit. So today we're going to be talking about now that you have perhaps arrived in your years closing in on retirement. You've reached what we might call the Retirement Savings Summit. You've built your 401k. You've saved hard. You've worked hard. 
you have a nest egg. You have something to rely on and live on during your retirement years. Now that you're there, do you know how to distribute that so that you don't lose the wealth that you've accumulated? So again, today we're talking about the wisdom of distributing wealth without losing it all over your lifetime. And that is a skill indeed. I'd like to give you two great illustrations of this from the lives of two men. The first is a man by the name of Jesse Livermore. Jesse Livermore was born in the late 1800s, and by age 30 in the year 1907, he was worth the equivalent of $100 million today. He was considered one of the greatest stock market traders of his day. And by 1929, he was known worldwide for his investment skill. Well, interesting thing about Jesse Livermore, we all know what happened in 1929. Of course, the stock market collapsed, the great collapse, ushering in a period of economic depression. Well, leading up to this, through wisdom, insight, skill, or just luck, Jesse Livermore made the decision to short the market. That is, he bet against the market. And as the stock market continued to roar through the 20s right up to 1929, it looked like he might soon be the victim of his own wisdom. But then, as we all know, the market crashed. And on the day of the crash and during that that fateful week, his wife and his mom were back home crying because they had assumed that as a stock market investor, Jesse Livermore was fully invested in the market and no doubt had been wiped out like so many others who were, who were pursuing the wealth that the stock market had. But you know what? When he got home, he told him, actually, mom, actually, dear wife, I just made the equivalent. I don't know what this was exactly back then, but it was the equivalent of $3 billion in a single day. Can you imagine the shock? If they hadn't died of depression and discouragement, surely the shock of learning that their husband had just become a billionaire was shocking up. Well, interesting, at the same time, there were, of course, many others, the vast majority, were betting with the market. And there was a a man by the um, name of Abraham Gramansky. And his last known sighting, that day, was walking down a sidewalk, ripping up a ticker tape, never to be seen again. And that story could be repeated over and over again. And so, so often, uh, luck or brilliance is simply one decision away from absolutely being wiped out, being unlucky, being considered a fool. You say, well, what do I need? I need wisdom. And wisdom isn't usually found in those who are soaring in public esteem, who are making the news, making the great trades, because the story goes on with Jesse Livermore that another decade brought ruin and misfortune for him as he took increasingly large bets. You bet it. You guessed it. He lost it all and was broke, committing suicide later on in the 1930s. You see, the wisdom and the skill to retain and to distribute money is oftentimes greater than the wisdom and the skill to accumulate it. I see this all the time in our offices at Lord & Richards. Folks come in who have done a fantastic job. They've saved. They've worked hard. But it's too easy to let greed or fear intrude on your financial decision-making for retirement 
and wipe out too easily what it took a lifetime to accumulate. So today we're going to be looking at the wisdom of how, after having accumulated this great mountain, this summit of savings, as we're calling it, how do you descend safely? Some of you are mountain climbers. Some of you remember mountain climbing. Many of you have done 14ers out here on the front range. And you know that oftentimes it is the descent that requires the greatest skill and strength, patience, and wisdom. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. If you're just jumping in, this is Colin Richards. I am president and founder of Lord & Richards. I'm Denver's Biblical Investment Advisor. On this show, we look at financial problems and we look at retirement from the standpoint of key biblical principles. And we share each and every week ways that you can employ biblical wisdom to make better financial decisions about your retirement. I would love to have the opportunity to visit with you, chat with you. If you'd like, just pick up the phone and give us a call at 720-372-0400. Again, that's 720-372-0400. And many folks like you find it helpful to go over to lordandrichards.com. That's all spelled out, lordandrichards.com. Learn more about our team. Watch some videos about what we do and our values at Lord & Richards, as well as learn how to get in touch with us. So here's the phone number one more time, 720-372-0400. So I'd like to continue our discussion by contrasting a man like Jesse Livermore, who was considered the greatest stock market trader of his day and ultimately ended in ruin, with some other names that you may or may not know. Not too long ago, a man who was largely unknown passed away in 2014. His name was Ronald Reed, Ronald Reed, and his life made a stir in death that it never did while he was living. You see, if you were to turn to Wikipedia and look at the entry for Ronald Reed, here's what it says. He was born 1921, died 2014. And then it says, Ronald James Reed was an American philanthropist, investor, janitor, gas station attendant. (laughs) When do we often see those words together? Philanthropist, investor, janitor, and gas station attendant. You see, Ronald Reed had worked at gas stations for 25 years, retired, took a year off, and then started working again part-time at JCPenney as a janitor for the last 13 years of his career. And in his lifetime, unbeknownst to anyone around him, he had amassed an $8 million fortune. And he hadn't done it by betting big, speculating, doing all the things that you hear others doing who make headlines. He simply put his money in the market. He refused to invest in companies that he didn't understand and fancy things like technology. And he just let it grow and compound. You see, over time, disciplined, wise, investing, Patient investing yields the greatest results. To be a great investor, you don't have to have a Harvard MBA. You don't have to have worked on Wall Street. You just need to know what it is that constrains people from not only making money, but keeping their money. What is it that causes people to make bad decisions and avoid those? There are so many games that, if well played, really focus on not making bad decisions and letting your competitor make a mistake that puts you ahead. Well, investing is one of those games. In investing, it is more often than not 
not a series of great, brilliant investing ideas that put people ahead. It is simply the discipline to do the right thing over and over again and refuse to put yourself in a position to make big mistakes. Take Warren Buffett's life, for example. Now, he's well-known. If you didn't know Jesse Livermore or Ronald Reed, you certainly have heard of Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest men in the world, worth over $80 billion today. But do you realize that although Warren Buffett was such a huge success, he started investing as a child. He's almost 90 today, so his biography, the title is Snowball. You get the picture? The idea is over time, making consistent, wise decisions and refusing to do those things that would jeopardize his fortune, he amassed a huge amount of time but it, or of wealth. But it took time. It took patience. It took maturity. And of course, it took wisdom. Do you know that 94% of Warren Buffett's wealth was accumulated after he turned 60? You realize that's the time when most folks are kind of winding down, looking towards retirement, taking their foot off the gas pedal. Well, as his investments continued to compound through that miracle of compounding, the vast majority of his wealth was achieved in what might be called for most of us his retirement years. There are certainly better investors, investors that have reaped greater returns, hedge fund managers, and so on. But it is the accumulated time of making wise, patient, mature investment choices that makes the real difference in your life over time. So here are a few questions about now that you've saved, now that you've reached uh, the goal of nearing retirement, how are you going to safely descend this mountain, this summit of savings, so that you don't make a mistake, so that you don't run out of money before you run out of life? Here are four questions that will help shape your strategy for spending the retirement income that you've worked a lifetime to build. And to continue our mountain analogy, we don't want to free fall this, right? <laughs> we need a good downhill plan. So many people invest more time. This is a statistical fact. Most people spend more time over their life planning their vacations than planning for a successful retirement strategy. That's the truth. Well, you've put a lot of money, time, effort, and discipline into saving. Don't you think that it deserves the same time and attention to put into making sure that you use wise decision-making in the distribution phase of your retirement? So here's the first question. How long do you expect to live? Now, I ask that almost uh, facetiously because none of us know how much time we have on this earth. Hopefully, we live a life for the glory of God, for others. We accumulate and use that which we have to do good, to make an impact on this world, but we really don't know when our final days will come. An average man who reaches age 65 today can expect to live to around 84, while a woman can expect to live to 86 and a half. Two and a half whole extra years of fun. Ladies, that just doesn't even seem fair, does it? <laughs> Someone once said, you know, uh, why is it that men die first? And the answer was because they want to. <laughs> That's a pretty cynical view. I actually hope that my wife and I can simply go up in an air balloon together until we just ascend right up on up into space. That would be great. But one in three... One in three 65-year-olds can expect to live to age 90, with one out of seven surpassing age 95. 
those are some big numbers because you see if retirement is short like it was when social security system was created and the average retiree life expectancy was short then it's a lot easier to plan but today retirees may be looking at 20 25 30 or more years of living on their savings an avalanche to use the mountain analogy again of expenses expenses that are out of line can make a devastating impact to the financial security, not only of you, but your surviving spouse. Most women will outlive their husband. The odds are, are, are significant. And the spending is going to continue as well as there's a, there's a social security trap there. If you're both taking social security, one of you is going to lose, you're going to lose that lesser check. You're also going to go into if let's say this is the wife, you're going to go into a single tax filing status, which is not as generous from a tax perspective. So there are many traps to avoid. So the question is, do you have a written plan in place to make sure you've accounted for great longevity, not only for you, but if you have a surviving spouse? If you're just jumping in, we're talking about how to not only achieve the summit of retirement savings, but how to safely descend that mountain over your lifetime, distributing the money that you've accumulated as income without ever running out. This takes wisdom. So we're basing our decision-making here, not just on worldly wisdom, but also on the idea that biblical wisdom leads to potential length of days. It leads to potential riches and honor if done for the glory of God. And so the first question we're asking today addresses longevity. If you're just jumping in and would like to chat, I would love to talk to you, learn more about your financial goals, the things that concern you, and why you're tuning in on the show today. Just pick up the phone and give us a call. Again, my name is Colin Richards. I'm president and founder of Lord & Richards, a team of wonderful caring advisors, meeting with folks just like you every single day to help you get in and through retirement. We call it financial independence because it's the financial freedom to do the things that will make an impact not only on your life, but on others and for eternity. Here's the number, 720-372-0400. Again, 720-372-0400. Or get to know us, learn more about us on our website at lordandrichards.com. So we've gotten through the first question. I must hasten to the end with the remaining three. So the first question, have you accounted for longevity, not only for yourself, but potentially for your surviving spouse? Question number two, how much will the cost of living increase during my retirement? That is a great question. Because we could save all we want, but if the cost of goods and services go up, and we haven't accounted for that increase in the cost of the things that we need to live on every single day, then we could be left behind the eight ball. This, of course, would be a disaster. And seniors have special needs. And as part of our planning, we have a process at Lord & Richards called a financial independence review. And one of the things we'll do is test your likelihood of never running out of money during retirement. That is a wonderful test, and it gives such peace of mind. It's so wonderful when we sit down with folks and we run these tests and we put in place a plan, and the probability of success is high and folks can make great retirement decisions, sometimes even retiring earlier than they plan. 
But one of the things you gotta account for is to adjust your cost of living. Now, sometimes folks will naively tell me, well, I think, I think my life's gonna be cheaper in retirement. Oh, folks, nothing could be further than the truth. As a matter of fact, we've learned at Lord & Richards in the plans that we build and the comprehensive uh, analysis that we do, that we need a written plan to make sure we count for the kinds of expenses that we know are going to be high, such as, here's one, health care costs. Do you think health care costs are going up? Wow, yes. Do you think that health care costs that aren't paid for by Medicare are going up? You know what I'm talking about? You say, well, won't Medicaid pick it up if I go in a nursing home? No. Okay, you're only going to get a couple of months and then you're going to have to switch over to your own assets. Costs can be prohibitive, especially when we get into chronic illness. This is the number one cause of bankruptcy in retirement, and it's something that you've got to account for in a written plan that brings together everything, not just your health care, not just your investments, but also how you'll take Social Security in order to get the most out of it, how you will avoid overpaying in taxes, Do you know what taxes are going to look like five or 10 years from now? I ask this question a lot of my public workshops and folks invariably tell me we think they're going to be higher. I mean, how can our government spend and spend and spend and yet not see our taxes go up, the revenue go up to eventually pay for this credit card we've been running up? So question number two, how about the cost of living during my retirement? Question number three, when should I retire? Oh, this is a great question. You know, so many folks are relying on what we call average returns in the market to provide a steady stream of income during retirement. Maybe you're using dividend stocks or something like that, and you're just counting on that money growing over a period of time. I see a lot of advisors make this mistake of building plans based on average returns. But you know what? One of the greatest risks in retirement is what we call sequence of returns. Do you know that although we can come up with the same average return, if in year one it's 10%, year two, 9%, year three, 8%, and so on, compared to year one, 1%, year two, 2%, and so on, do you realize that the order in which those returns occur has an impact on the balance if you're withdrawing money while you're doing that? Absolutely. So this is a huge issue. So one of the key things you've got to do and that you've got to put in place to be a wise, patient, mature investor is a plan that makes absolutely certain that your income sources do not deplete your savings entirely during your lifetime. And of course, it's hard to predict, so we're going to have to plan for a long life. Um, So when should I retire? Well, it's okay to pick a date. One of the things that we can do at Lord & Richards through our test is to test your date against both good and bad market sequences. Yeah, we'll run a thousand or more simulations and we'll show you, well, here are the ones that didn't turn out so great and here's the ones where the market turned out great. You know what our goal is? We want to see a high probability of success no matter what the market does, no matter if somebody gets sick, no matter if tax rates go up. That's the kind of comprehensive planning we need in order to descend this retirement summit of savings safely. And that that brings up a great question, number four. So question number one, uh, how long do I expect to live? 
Well, let's plan for long life because that's the trend right now because of advances in medical science. Question number two, what's my cost of living increase is going to look like during retirement? Am I going to see expenses run away too fast for me to keep up? Question number three, when should I retire and do I have a plan so that no matter when I retire, it doesn't, it isn't dependent upon how the markets perform? Question number four, where should I place my assets? Well, that's a more complex, detailed answer, but let me just say this. Our clients have three broad categories. First of all, we have emergency money, money that's set aside for a rainy day, cash, money that's not growing very much, no problem, but it's safe and it's liquid. Secondly, we've got money for a growing reserve, money that's put in vehicles like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, things that can grow but that have risk. Should we put all our money at risk? No, and that's why we have a third category, a protected category, from which you can take your income, meet your needs, and make sure that your plan, your income plan, your risk management plan, your tax plan, your healthcare plan, your estate plan, that all of these are based not on the whims of the market, but on a protected asset platform. And there's a variety of ways to do that. There are tools at our disposal both for you as a retiree and us as your planner to help you invest such that you are not exposed to the downside of markets. There's compromises such as liquidity, but there's also opportunity to grow. I'd love to talk to you more about the strategies that we use to help our clients answer question number four and safely and soundly distribute their money over their lifetime. You've been listening to Colin Richards. I'm president and founder of Lord & Richards, and we'd love to talk to you about how you can achieve financial independence. Just pick up the phone. Give us a call at 720-372-0400. That's 720-372-0400. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC.